When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of First Down Snapcast. I'm your host, Richard Butler, and joining me tonight is former NFL defensive player, Michael Montgomery. How are you doing, Michael? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Doing good. Weather's good. Sun's out at last, which is good for this time of year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. World's starting to come back a bit more normal, so it's starting to look good. Not as We're not coming back as quick as over in America, but we're starting to see a little bit of normality come. Yeah, 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 it's just the same. So hopefully everybody getting back to normal, you know, vaccines, everybody get healthier. So, you know, health is well. So. I think anything's better than the last 12 months, hopefully. Yeah. So um, just in a bit of research, Michael, and to see you were born in Texas, school and college in Texas, so very Texan made. Yeah. So when the draft came up, after a successful college career at you're at Navarro then you went to Texas A&M were you hoping to be selected by maybe Dallas in the draft or were you just happy to go anywhere would you have liked to have been in Texas for being a cowboy or in Houston I I would have been happy to go anywhere to be uh frankly honest I was just it was just a lifetime goal and uh any you know and it's funny I never was a big Cowboys fan you know, I really rooted for players. When I started, like, learning, loving football, I started rooting for players. And I started, like, wanting to emulate them. So I would watch Michael Strahan, Javon Curse, Reggie White. You know, so I would, like, root for players on particular teams. But when my time was up, came, I, I was just excited to just be be in a conversation and, and, and hopefully get picked. So anybody – or anywhere I was going to, I was just excited to, to be picked. So, Yeah, going back to your time at Texas A&M, you had a very successful time there. And I think in your last year, it was over, you had seven sacks, one interceptions, and you even put forward for the all Big 12 honours. So it was a very successful final year for you in college. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was um, a very uh, successful campaign. I, uh, you know, I only had two years. And I really couldn't play around. So I, I always just wanted to put my effort into it. Um, that's, you know, I never considered myself was the strongest or the fastest. But if I know if my effort can show up, if I can show up on tape, just being around the football, every play, my effort. So, you know, I think my I just tried to let my effort speak to my performance more than anything because I never, never saw myself as uh, – this guy who 
was a pass rusher or a guy who was this run stopper. But I know if I put my effort into every play and try to play as hard and aggressive and as mean as, as possible, that it would all benefit for my for my uh, future. Yeah, definitely. I know we've, we, we speak about it many times on podcasts and we've spoken to ex-players before. The percentage of players who even get from college to the NFL is so small. So just to be part of that select group every year is a massive achievement in its in its own, own way. Exactly. It's it's uh, just just blessed. Um, you know, I was visualizing this this, you know, being drafted in the league so long, even when I start, you know, loving football, I would always record the NFL draft. It was a lifelong goal for me once I started playing football and I would record the draft every year. And, you know, one thing I kind of understood that, you know, you know, it's about performance it's always about numbers, what you're putting up, you know, and uh, your numbers speak loud in the words. So I, I knew for a fact that I had to have this many amount of tackles. I had to have this many tack- tackles, sacks. I had to be, you know, my numbers had to show for it. So even though, you know, um, I, I went to the NFL combine and I wasn't that strong as so I wasn't the fastest, but I knew once they showed, they showed, looked up on my stats, that my numbers would speak more than my performance in the NFL combine. So that's one thing I kind of just harped on and pushed forward to. So, Yeah. In in regards to where you were looking at players, and I say down to your stats there, because some players can have really good combines and not have the best, but the people who have the good combines don't always have the good stats to back it, to go with it. So when you were looking at your draft class, were you looking at the other defensive players who you were going up against and like, I'm better than him. I could bet myself I'm better than him. We are looking at that kind of way, trying to figure I, I, out where you, you potentially could lie and go. Well, I, I, I didn't look at it like that because I knew I was just, it was, I started only one year, you know, and because and, and, I was a junior college transfer. And a lot of guys who came, who was in my draft class, they were starting for two or three years at a major Division One, get, getting all that exposure. And I knew for a fact if I if I would have just, you know, stayed or maybe registered at AM and started my both years, I would have increased a better chance. But I, I just looked at, you know, just making the best out of, out of my situation. So it wasn't like a me versus, you know, the other D lineman, but I just knew, you know, since I'm they're going off a first one one year starter stats that, you know, wherever I place, I'm just gonna have to make my way like I did. Uh, from the rest of my career in, in football, from high school to college to to, to junior college to the perfect to A and M. So, yeah. So in the sixth round, you were picked up by the Packers, and you went to obviously a very historic franchise, and also a very cold franchise to go and play football in, compared to where you've done all your school and college. On a rival in Greenbrae in Green, Green Bay. What were your first thoughts? And when you walked into that locker room for the first time, around like the OTAs and mini camps, was it like, I've made it, I'm here now, it's time to put my numbers on field? Uh, uh, it, it, was, it was a very um, humbling experience being in the locker rooms. And I know that, you know, a lot of things people don't talk about is, you know, you actually have to make the team. 
Uh, not everybody is guaranteed a spot who, who gets drafted by that team, especially, you know, especially in the lower rounds. Like we could say, you know, third round and up, third, second, and fourth, first. You know, you're automatically guaranteed to make the team. But when they talk about the play, the, the, t- the, the people who get picked, you know, from fifth round on down, you really have to solidify and work hard and make your and free agents as well. So you really have to prove yourself in practice and in preseason games to make the team. So I was excited to be drafted, but I knew I had a, 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 a lot of proving to do to make the final 53 roster. So I was, I was very excited, but I, but I just knew that I, I have to just prove myself again. So it just kept me motivated and kept me grounded on what I needed to do during training camp. Yeah. Once, obviously, once you're allowed, did you get any, like, words of wisdom or anything from any of the pros from the first team? Because obviously I know you speak to people and say when the rookies turn up, there's always the veterans of the team always like to have a word and welcome mm-hmm. in. Did you get that same kind of treatment in Green Bay? From some well, of the veterans. Well, it it was there was one player who because I always had effort, you know, I always played hard, and there was there was I didn't need teaching on effort, maybe technique and 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 ways of winning the game. There was a a, um, a a guy who pulled me aside because you know I was a rookie, and I remember. I had a big fight in a practice because a get old lineman did something. And, you know, I remember, and, and, uh, Kabir, Kabir Bajamil, he pulled me to the side and he said, Hey man, what are you doing? I was like, look, man, I, I came in. I ain't trying to get no, I ain't trying to get disrespected. Woo, woo, woo. He said, dude, if you would have landed your fist on his helmet during a practice fight, you could have broke your hand and you could have got cut from the team based off that, you know, doing silly, stupid stuff. Cause you know, I was a very rowdy type of guy, especially my first year. I didn't want to take no crap from nobody, but he told me, you know, to keep your composure, to think, you know, your body, you know, you can't put your body in harm's way, you know, even to a little scuffle with an offensive lineman uh, in practice. So, you know, the win, you know, win in practice, win during pass rush drills, win, you know, beating them uh, 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 and making a tackle on them on an offensive line. So that's how you win in the game. Winning, fighting an offensive lineman because he did some a cheap shot or anything like that. That's not how you're going to win because you can seri- you could have seriously injured yourself Um punching his helmet or punching his pads or something, anything could have got caught. So you could have broke your hand or broke your fingers. So the the proper way to win is win during, you know, team drills against him instead of, you know, a fight. So that was uh, one of the, I think that was one of the, 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 uh, one of the veterans who taught me because, you know, I, I, I didn't have any effort problems. It's just the knowledge of the game and how to, properly win yeah I, get, I can imagine that's quite good advice as well I say because all you want to do at the end of the day is you want to you're trying to get yourself in there and then the slightest things like that could potentially disrupt and like I say you could have got cut so definitely good words of advice um your first couple of years in Green Bay you served as a like a sort of a backup in your position and obviously coming in on in and out when you could 
when you first stepped onto the field, how was it, especially at, at Lambeau, at Lambeau as well? What was it like when you first made a pl- position as a pl- pro? Oh, man, it was uh, such an exciting feeling. I, uh, I always called Green Bay um, it, 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 the college and my professional teams I played for. I think they mirrored a lot. Uh, I always called Green Bay uh, a professional Texas A&M university team. So they always mirrored a lot. So it, w- it was very exciting um, to, for, for all my hard work, for, for me to make a play, to your name to be called. You know, it was just a very exciting feeling for, you know, from coming from a kid to telling people I was going to be a professional athlete in the NFL to, to, for my words, I spoke life to my words and it just all came to, um, to the forefront. And, uh, you know, every game before every game, before every practice, I would always, you know, you know, pray and thank God for this opportunity and then take it lightly. So it was very, uh, I was very blessed. Yes, you definitely. And you also at Green Bay as well, also a lot higher. You played, you probably played in one of the hardest divisions as well in the NFL. It's very close rivalries in that North. Oh, so, yeah. It, very it, it, intense. It, it, all, hey, always intense. I mean, playing from Detroit, then Chicago, then Minnesota, you know, we was playing against, you know, big time players every game, you know, from Adrian Peterson, then to, then we play Dallas, Terrell Owens, you know, every game, you know, you're playing against, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, from New York Giants, you know, so it was, it was, the, the competition was very steep and very highly competitive, so. Um, your big sort of big run in the team came in 2008 due to injuries and releases. You split a lot of the defensive work with Jeremy Thompson and it was quite a successful year in numbers as well for you that year. And yeah, yeah. like you say, going back to your college days and you knew your numbers. So obviously mm-hmm. it was just a case of you knew by your time and when you got that opportunity, you were going to make your numbers speak for themselves. Uh, yeah, exactly. I always just tried to hang my hat on effort. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, a lot of, fortunately, you know, when I first got to Green Bay, you know, I was behind, you know, all pro defensive ends in their prime, um, Kabir Bajamela and uh, Aaron Campman. They was both coming off Pro Bowl seasons, and they was both competing for the sack leader every year. So uh, when uh, Kabir got released and Campman got hurt, I had my opportunity to 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 play. And knowing, you know, knowing that just to, like, like I said, you know, let my effort speak, you know, technique and uh, just just get after it, show what I can do as a, as a, as a pro, as a starter. Yeah, it's definitely take, seize that opportunity. And when you're confident in what you've done, you know it's, it's just all going to fall into place. Sometimes nowadays, I'm not saying current NFL players are quite diva-ish and quite, if it's not going their way, they're quite on social media. Back before your time as only NFL, you, you literally showed what you could do on the field. Whereas now it's very much driven by social media. If you're not yeah. playing, you get very unhappy and you try and force trades out. It's biding your time and, like you say, showing your effort on the pitch and knowing you know you can do the job. It'll translate to wins on wins and results on the field. 
Exactly. Uh, I, you know, every time I do like speaking and stuff like that for people, I always tell, you know, you know, don't get football a little too, com- too confusing about the game of football. It's at the end of the day, it's still a collection of one-on-one battles being won, you know, and, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, are you beating the person in front of you? And whoever wins the most one-on-one battles collectively is the one who wins the games. So uh, football is, is not that, just try not to make it too complicated because it's still, you know, you versus the person in front of you type of, type of uh, atmosphere, type of game. So It's good. Isn't it? um, obviously, a couple of years stayed in Green Bay and then in 2010, you signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And you went in the off season, so obviously you went into all the camps and everything. And you're on about there before as a rookie. It's about making that fifty-three. Now, so you didn't make the fifty-three with the Vikings. Was that quite a surprise to you with all the what you'd done previously and stuff, and from how you speak about how you put yourself to it? Were you surprised? Uh, I, I wasn't surprised. Because, you know, that that defensive line in Minnesota, man, they were stacked. I mean, everybody was some ballers, man, from the Williams, from Kevin Williams, from Pat Williams, all pro. Then they had uh, Jason Allen, who was all pro. And they had Ray Edwards, who was – he was on the verge of being all pro, at, you know, coming off, you know, an eight or nine sack season. So – and then they had um, – B. Rob Robinson coming off, so and I, I wasn't surprised. And then they drafted um, Everett Griffin, uh, Griffin from Minnesota. And he's you know he was a rookie that year, and he was very talented. So I, I wasn't shocked about you know if, but I knew that you know I performed well in the preseason. That um, you know what I did was gonna you know get me noticed. So. No, like so, you knew and exactly what you'd done. Even if you didn't make the cut, you were still happy yourself that you'd done best what you could do. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, one thing, you know. After a while, because I always, you know, in my earlier years, I was I would worry a lot. Even though I would perform well and I would make, you know, stats, I would get sacks and tackles and stuff like that during the preseason. I would still worry about my status on on the team. And me being, you know, later in, in my veteran years to know that, you know, regardless of what happens, as long as I put good tape out there, I will still have an opportunity to play football. So me being a veteran, you know, my fifth year, my fifth year knowing that regardless of what happens, as long as I put good tape out there, that's the best I could do. And, and I let everything else work itself out. Yeah, so you went back to Green Bay for a couple of months after not making the Vikings team, played a couple of games before finishing your NFL career in Green Bay, before moving on to some of the projects we'll speak about in a minute. Was it quite fitting for you to finish your last NFL team to be Green Bay with that's where you started your chapter? Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. It was great finish. Um not the way I wanted to finish, but uh just just starting with the team I, 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 who, who, who believed in me and picked me up was, uh, you know, really great. Um, the team was a great organization, great people. 
And I remember Aaron Rodgers on the one interview, he said, you know, it's the people that makes the uh, organization. And he's 100% right. For me, going from Green Bay and playing in Minnesota and doing other visits to other teams, you know, understanding, like, how the atmosphere, the people, the uh, facilities is way better in Green Bay and uh, and the people there. It's just a very uh, tight, family-oriented atmosphere in Green Bay. And it's... Obviously, from the outside here in the UK, we see all these teams. They're all run by these billionaire owners. But you see, Green Bay are a family team, aren't they? Because they're owned by the supporters at the end of the day. So they've got that better connection probably than all the other 31 teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They they do have an owner, but they have <laughs> – it's, yeah, it's still an owner, but it's still like more shares in the team. So it's still more family-oriented, you know, how – how they do the shares and stuff with, with the organization. So it's still um, still a great place, you know, very town. The town makes it because, you know, it's not a big major marquee city like Dallas or Houston or, or Los Angeles, but a very small knit town. And the stadium is like right in the middle of downtown, almost uh, downtown, right? We turn into the uh, leaving the airport. So it's a very, uh, I think the, pe- the people and the fans, that, that would really make the organization sweet. Yeah, there was, once a, there was once a documentary in the UK about it was showing Green Bay. It has effectively said, when children are born in Green Bay, they automatically get put onto the season ticket waiting list because it's that long. Oh, you yeah, literally yeah. need to go on at birth. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. It's, it's, it's a long waiting list. And the one thing I learned coming back that, you know, Green Bay, they make... So their fans, their ticket sales, they're like the top three in, in sales, you know, behind, you know, the, I'm sure the Cowboys are probably number one, but they, but the fans and the support is, is always there. So. Um, just before we move on. So who would you probably say your toughest NFL opponent was to play against or came up against? Uh, I think my toughest was maybe uh, Matt Jones from uh, Seattle. He was, uh, you know, for a guy that big and and somebody who could move, move that nimble. uh, He was like probably the the most toughest I ever consistently played against a lot. Because a lot of times we would meet in playoff games or regular season games. And he was probably probably the toughest opponent I ever went against, who I would always, you know, oftentimes see. And because um, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times linemen they're not that quick, but back then he had the size and the speed to match with, and you really had to be crafty to to him and Brian McKinney. I said him and Brian McKinney from Minnesota. You know, you really had to. You really have to be smart on your toes to to get past, you know, a six eight offensive lineman that's just as fast as you is. So, you know, you really have to be on your cues with your technique and your speed and your angles on how to win against a, a very a bigger a very bigger larger person. But play, playing them kind of players also elevates your game, doesn't it? Because you know, oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You, you want you you makes you better as a player. Exactly. You, you're a competitor and you want to just go out there and 
try to compete and win. So, and, and, and like I said, again, you know, football is always, you know, that one on the collection of one-on-one battles and um, you just want to win. So, yeah. So after your NFL career in 2011, you moved to the United football league with the Las Vegas locomotives and had quite a successful season in reaching the final. How did this competition differ from the NFL? Was it as intense or was it like a bit more relaxed kind of atmosphere? Uh, it was it was similar. It wasn't as tense for as it was more like a uh, arena style league, you know, how everything was spaced out and everything. And I really had a great time. I finished second in sacks that season. And um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I really had a great time. I was in Vegas in my mid twenties. So, you know, I was going to say, what was yeah, that like? Yeah. yeah enough saying I was, and I was the most popular person in my family during that time. Everybody <laughs> would come visit me when I was in Vegas. So need to say, but um, I, I enjoyed my time there. Vegas during, in my mid, in my late twenties. So I, I really had a great time. I really had a great time. I remember playing against, uh, Denzel Washington, uh, Washington's son. He played running back from, uh, I think, a team in Nebraska. And I remember tackling him and getting up. And they all like, King Kong ain't got on me. And you like, come on, dog. You want to do Denzel lines while we play against him? So I remember, and I was up there so excited, so excited. But uh, I, I, I had a good time there. I had a good time hanging out with good good teammates yeah and getting to continue to play football which obviously is important in your life um so obviously a good good season there great stats yourself as a person 2012 you then went to the canadian football league Mm -hmm. joined montreal again brilliant season finishing 11 11 and 7 that year and now they're losing in the final to toronto um now, the Canadian Football League, obviously everyone sees it, but what was it like to actually play and live in Canada? Because It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. You know, Canada is a very – I think I, I would view Canada as more like a Texas atmosphere, like Houston hospitality. Everybody's friendly. It's open, very well diverse. Uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, my time in Canada. Uh, again, football – there was very like more offensive arena uh, receiver pass heavy type league, and um, you know the the the, the, the football is there as well. So it was very more oriented more to football. What were the fans like? Because sometimes you can TV portrays in a bad way. So like over here you see the NFL fans loud and everything, but sometimes the coverage of the Canadian Football League. Sort sometimes just thinks like you're not playing in front of fans yet the stadiums are full. Mm. But it's just, I think it's how it's visually brought to you as a package. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, the fans were very supportive. It's always been a good, good deal when it comes to playing football with the fans. So it was always very supportive. Um, the games were always live. Uh, you know, it was, it was very little drop off between, you know, the professional. NFL versus Canada football. So it was very, very supportive. So after your venture into Canada, your football career, football career was at the end. 
you've ventured into a bit of acting and you've done some other other roles and now like you say you do speaking. Have you ever fancied coaching in the NFL or at college or back up in Canada? You, you would say, say that again? So obviously after you finished, you did a bit of acting, you've done some other stuff, you're speaking. Yeah. Have you ever fancied getting into maybe coaching in the NFL or college or back up in Canada? Uh, I, I, I've, I've thought about it, but, um, you know, at the time, you know, you know, the, the so much time and effort into, into coaching, you know, you have to literally, you know, set aside your whole time, especially in the, in the college level and in the pros. So I, I, I really didn't see myself. If I did do something, I'd do something more like little local, like little leagues, and because uh, I, I would do like little league coaching, especially when I was in California, I had my own team, uh, little league team. And uh, so if I would do coaching, I would want to do it from the little, the, 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 from the younger level, because, you know, so much, you know, you got technique is, is very, you got to teach technique. And uh, I think once the technique is there and the effort, is it should be all she's automatic so if I, I do things i would probably go back to the to the, the little level yeah and there's not as not like we really like to say with the nfl and the college you're never at home I, if you ventured into that so when you've had a playing career not being at home it's sort of sometimes you want to be at home with family don't you yeah exactly you want to be home with the family and uh, you know that's where my headspace is at right now so yeah. So venturing into back to the NFL now and how it currently is, obviously still a massive Green Bay fan and follow him. How would you envisage to being close for the last couple of years? Obviously, there's a lot of ifs and outs about Aaron Rodgers in the media, and we don't know how much of a smoke screen it all is. Green Bay, they're almost there. Had a potential on on the crisp of that Super Bowl, aren't they? I think they're. I think they're there. It's just, you know, football is such, it's such a, it's, it's so highly competitive. You know, two plays, two or three plays can can win or lose you the game. That's how highly competitive the game is, especially when you're talking about playoff football. You know, one or two plays, one or two referee calls can switch one game from one team to another team. And we've seen it plenty of times. So it's there. I think they're there. I think the players they have on their team, they're Super Bowl ready. It just, it just, you know, in a game, in a full 60 minute game, you know, calls, plays, you know, holding penalty can cost you at a very crucial time. It's just football is the most hardest competitive game ever, you know, because you got, because you can lose and you're gone. And um, so I think I'm fully capable of the team they have with them, as long as they can keep everybody intact, everybody on the same page, um, they're, that they're Super Bowl ready. It was- stay healthy and um, stay healthy is a, is a key right now. Yeah, they've got some, like I said, there. they've also got all the people coming back who opted out last year in injuries drafted free agency so hopefully it will be good it's obviously an up and coming division in the NFC North a lot of changes with the Lions and the Bears but on the whole the NFL it's continuing to venture out obviously 
were massive fans in the UK. They come over every year. Obviously, we didn't get in last year due to COVID. It's growing. Green Bay have yet to travel. Obviously, they will have to under a new agreement. How big has the NFL changed since you stopped playing in this short period? Well, it's definitely gotten easier when it comes to practice. I mean, they don't even do two-a-days anymore. <laughs> so I think as far as the the practice struck, especially now they have 17 games instead of, I think, 14 or 12. So right now they're more on the preserving side. And I think they're not even doing – preseason games they've dropped they've dropped preseason to free yeah, they this dropped year. preseason games so you know correct for the guys who are free agents and the guys who are you know on the limbo of making a team you know practice is very important uh because you know that's that's the only tape you have because th- there's no game there's no preseason game where you could just show your show yourself so 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 guys who are free agents and guys who are on the lower rounds of uh, the draft, they, they're going to need to prove what they can do in practice. And because, um, you know, that final 53 is going to be, they're going to they're gonna have to make decisions before that first game. So I think the game has gotten a little soft and more catered to more to the offense, which I think is a little, you know, because a lot of times when you're playing defense, you – Defense is about rec, you know. Um, I forgot what the word is. It's about intimidation, and when you're not, not when you're not going to get hit, or you know, or not fear of getting hit when catching a football, or fear of getting sacked by a quarterback. You know, a lot of that in, 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 intimidation goes away from the game. Because, you know, we all see team, you know, from Otwater to Ray Lewis, all the big hit defenders in the league that are really not a part of the game. It's all finesse now. So it's, it's changed the game a lot drastically for, you know, to save the quarterback and the receivers. But um, but it's still – I still love the game. Uh, still watch it. I'm still, you know, in front of the two watching cheering on my team. But uh, it definitely have gotten a little too watered down for me. Yeah, when it comes to when they uh, when it comes to how they coach, how they uh, watch the defense. So I I I I really wish it would go back to the old days, but those days are not on, and, and it's mostly like a money game because it's you want the quarterbacks, they want to see the quarterbacks, so they want to protect the quarterbacks and the receivers more than anything. Yeah, it's good. It's good to hear that perspective from a defensive player. Because, like you say, it has become all about the quarterback and the star offensive players. And if it weren't for the defensive players, teams don't win. You've got yeah, to- you don't win. You got you got to stop somebody. You know you can't. You know some t- you have to stop somebody. That's how you win. People can't just score and score back and forth. Some a defense has to stop somebody for the other team to get a lead. So yeah. It- it's it's frustrating because I say it's not yet quarterbacks they are they are the star players but it takes all fifty three players yeah to win it, a- takes, it takes every phase to be on his game and uh, right now I'm currently writing a book and I'm I'm exploring the my times as a role player because a lot of times you know the role players never get their highlight they never get their shine their due because you need all three phases to win a game. Offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, 
You need the role players that's doing their job. See, that's why the one thing I, that, that separates football, football from basketball to any other sport, everybody has to do their job for one person to get, even, even a receiver to catch a pass. The offensive line has to block. The running back has to block. The quarterback has to make a good throw to an area, and the receiver has to run a good route. And so it's all connected. It's yeah. all connected. And um, that's one thing I want to explore and just give out a due to, to the role players who made the, the, the big players successful in their, in their peaks. Yeah, I remember reading some, I think Adam Vinatieri mentioned it a few weeks ago, that if it worked for how the ball was placed, he wouldn't have scored as many field goals. So it goes back to the guys who are just holding the ball, but that's their part, that they've played that part in history. Exactly. Like, there was a movie, one of my favourite movies is uh, Any Given Sunday, and Al Pacino, he talked about the game of inches. And the game is all about inches, you know, especially when you have two even evenly matched teams. You know, every little inch, every little play, every yard, it, it counts, you know, so that's why I always say, you know, the way the game is structured, penalties and and um, a holding call, any call, penalties or anything like that, it, it, it does play out in the course of a game. So it's so intricate on how a 60-minute game can go one one way or another. Two, guy, two teams, multi-talented, and it, it sways with, you know, penalties or you know, any other things that go off in the game. So it's it's very highly competitive. Yeah, it definitely is. Final question, will you do it all again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. That's one thing, you know, it was a dream. I, I, it was a – I would tell everybody all the time, you know, when I was a kid and people – even one of, one of my, t- my, my, my best friend's dad told me, he said, man, I remember you used to go around high school – telling everybody you're going to be a professional athlete. And even I was thinking like, man, this guy is crazy. And for me to just go out there and speak life into what I've done, I've accomplished, you know, through the grace of God, speak life into what I've done is, is, is just a humble experience. You know, nobody can't take that away from me, regardless of, you know, what happens, you know, I set out a goal and I accomplished it. Even if, it, even if it was for a short time. so Still done it. And again, not many get to do it. So you, you accomplished what you wanted to do. It's a fantastic story. Um, Michael, I'd like to thank you for spending your time with us tonight just to discuss your career in the NFL, United Football League, Canadian Football It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks again, man. Yeah, appreciate you. You can all follow me. I think I'm on Instagram. I am... 96 GB and uh, yeah, I'll be coming out working on a little podcast and a book. So yeah, follow me when you can. I really appreciate you. Just any way I can help, just let me know. Yeah, we'll do it. It'd be great to read your book once you get it out. Uh... All right. Thank you. Yeah. Have, have a great day. Yeah. You too, Michael. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Cheers. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.